The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is up, peeps? Welcome to episode 16 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Viper Venom. I'm Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast across all common listening platforms. Today, I will be reviewing Elimination Chamber 2021, where nothing notable really happened. Nothing notable at all. And Monday Night Raw from February 26, 2001. We're on the road to WrestleMania, although we will have to take the fast lane to get there and pick up a peacock along the way. Stay tuned. The podcast is starting now. Elimination Chamber was this past Sunday, the 21st of February, from the Thunderdome. And during the pre-show, it was announced that Keith Lee was ruled out of of the event due to an injury. So we had a fatal four-way to determine his replacement in the Triple Threat United States Championship match. It was between Elias, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, and John Morrison. A, you know, a quick back-and-forth match. Uh, Ricochet had a couple of spots here where he could have won. Ali had a spot where he could have won. And then John Morrison... Starship Pain, and here we go. John Morrison's off to the Triple Threat match later in the night. Now, to start off the show was, of course, a chamber match, this time being from SmackDown. The winner would face Roman Reigns that night. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Jey Uso, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro would step in to the Elimination Chamber match. Cesaro and Brian were the first two, first two in the match. And this just harkened back to the days of, of Ring of Honor between these two. Claudio Castagnoli, as he was known back then, was just an absolute beast in ROH, being a former multi-time tag team champion with Chris Hero being known as the Kings of Wrestling. No, not to be confused with the Elvis impersonating Kings of Wrestling, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash from early TNA. That was... No, absolutely not. And we had a lot of wacky spots in this match. Cesaro and Brian would just go to town for the first five minutes. Corbin was the next to enter. Brian's knee was being worked over early and Corbin dominated until Zane was the next in. Zane's uh, documentary crew was not allowed to be at this match for some reason. Sami Zayn was just being knocked around by everyone, being the, being the punching bag, but eventually found his way to the top of a pod battling with Cesaro, and Zayn tried to climb along the side of the chamber, 
but Cesaro kicked him off of it for the first big bump of the night. Cesaro scored the first elimination after a Cesaro swing and a sharpshooter on Baron Corbin. A little bit of a nod to his former tag team partner and champion Tyson Kidd with that sharpshooter. I think he even channeled Kidd with that uh, flying elbow drop he did as well. Owens was next out, immediately battering Sami Zayn despite the pleadings of his former friend. Can we get this match at WrestleMania? Can we get Owens and Zayn at Mania? Uh, or heck, get them to tag up again, but no, really, give them their Mania match. The chaos would escalate with four men in the ring, all hitting big moves, laying each other out, and then Uso was looking on from his pod. When his time finally hit, being the last one, he and Owens immediately began to brawl. Owens hit a moonsault off the top of a pod onto the four men, following up with stunners on Cesaro, Brian, and Zayn, the last of which would eliminate Sami Zayn. As Sami was removed from the chamber, Uso slammed the door on Owens' arm and delivered several super kicks to a trapped Owens, and then a top rope splash. Uso eliminates KO. That just gave me New Day versus Uso vibes from their, I believe it was their Hell in a Cell match a few years back, which was vicious AF. Bryant and Cesaro once again going at it, exchanging big moves. Cesaro tried to take advantage of Brian's knee that was being worked on the whole time by hitting a Cesaro swing while holding just one leg. And then he was hit by an Uso super kick and an Uso splash to score the elimination on Cesaro. There goes my pick. It is down to Brian and Uso. Now Uso went to the top of the pod for a splash, but Brian got his knees up followed up with running knee to score the pin. And I want to give a big shout out to stbsports.com for the uh, the coverage of this event. And right away, Roman Reigns comes out to the ring for his match because he is a glorious asshole. Reigns tried to hit a spear at the bell, but Brian rolled through into an immediate yes lock. And just for a second, we thought, Holy shnikes, Brian is going to win the belt off of him right away. Getting Brian versus Brock vibes here for some reason. After a series of shots, Reigns locked Brian into the guillotine choke to end the match in short order. But as Reigns celebrated, Edge ran out to the ring, hit a spear before pointing at the mania sign, making his decision official. Roman Reigns. The head of the table versus the ultimate opportunist. And Reigns himself was being an ultimate opportunist in taking on Brian immediately after a grueling elimination chamber match. Now this match was all sorts of crazy. A lot of great spots. Six of the most talented wrestlers in the company. I could call these lads... The new SmackDown 6. And I'm including King Corbin in that. Because Corbin is 
better than people give him credit for. Yeah, he's stuck with a crap gimmick right now. He's been king for a long time, almost two years. I mean, I think he can deal with uh, knocking off the crown for something else. Next up here, the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley defending against Riddle and John Morrison. Uh, Morrison made the mistake of uh, trying to join in Lashley's beating of Riddle, earning the absolute ire of Babo. Lashley continued to dominate even as Riddle and Morrison tried to join forces to overwhelm him, but Bobby Lashley is a beast and you're not going to bring him down that easily. Uh, Lashley got his way back into this match to be hit by both a floating bro and the starship Pain, which look like they're almost the exact same move, and he managed to kick out. Lashley locked Morrison in the hurt lock. I thought that was it, but Riddle grabbed MVP's crutch, as MVP was on commentary during this match, and used it to attack Lashley before hitting Morrison with the bro Derek to take the win and the title. So this match wasn't no disqualification. It wasn't really clear that it was no DQ until Lashley got smashed with MVP's crutch, as MVP has been suffering from a knee injury at this point in time. Uh, I think this was good booking to protect Lashley, to keep him looking strong, especially with what we're going to be getting from Lashley in the very near future. Uh, the match itself was okay, uh, but it was a good way to get the result that they wanted. Riddle is the champion. Uh, a lot of people are upset by this. Uh, I don't care enough about Riddle anymore to be mad or happy for him. Congratulations, you got your first piece of gold. And I'll let you see what uh, WrestleMania looks like with him. I'm thinking, hoping that Keith Lee would be the man to take the belt off him. And just booked this past Friday on SmackDown, the Women's Tag Team Championship match between Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, and probably, most likely, yes, absolutely, WrestleMania opponents, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Uh, before this match, actually, it was on SmackDown, Reginald, the sommelier of Carmella, tried to get involved involved in a match which wound up getting him pinned by Nia Jax and her hole. Yeah, they're still going here with the whole hole thing. They've really drove that one into the ground. They jumped the shark with it. The shark jumped in the hole. Anyways, now Belair and Banks worked as a team early, including Belair taunting Nia for her injuries being the, the butt of the joke here. But um bum once Baszler got in, she was able to start grinding away on the challengers. Uh, the Curfuta Clutch was locked in on Bel Air, and we immediately got... Was it NXT Portland where they had their title match? I remember Bianca had an NXT women's title match just before getting called up. So I think it was in Portland. The last takeover that was in front of a crowd. Or, I mean, a, you know, a real crowd. Uh, Bel Air hit the KOD on Baszler, but Jax was able... To break the pin, Reggie Reginald made his way into the ring to give Banks a champagne bottle to use as a weapon, but the referee intercepted the bottle, and the confusion led to Nia Jax hitting the Samoan drop, <clears throat> Samoan drop for 
the win. Uh, Reginald was unnecessary. I mean, are they going to get another match with Sasha and Carmella at Fastlane? It seems that way, but Belair and Sasha Banks at Mania, this does nothing, nothing for their feud, but this keeps the titles on Jackson Baszler. And by the time you hear this podcast, they might have already lost them. Oh, wait, no, it's the following week on NXT where they're going to have their match with the Women's Dusty Cup winners. <clears throat> Cut that, and it's in. WWE Championship Elimination Chamber Match. Holy crap, this pay-per-view is already almost over. It was over at 9.30. This was an in-your-house from 1996. This was short and sweet, just like my love life. <laughs> Drew McIntyre defending against AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, and Randall Keith, Randall, Randall Keith, Randy Orton. Hardy and Orton were the first two, uh, calling back to their past rivalry from several years ago and probably at least one other elimination chamber match with the two of them together mcintyre was the first man out of his pod being the third person in this match immediately bringing the fight to orton kofi kingston makes his entrance into the match next and we get stupid stupid he quickly scored a pin on orton no theme shenanigans here no nothing although on monday night raw last night which I didn't catch too much of. Uh, Randy said that the reason why he was eliminated so early is that he was distracted. Not by The Fiend, but by Alexa Bliss. Uh, I mean, yeah. In the words of Mr. YLP, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. I think we're all distracted by Alexa Bliss. And then Randall starts to spew out some black liquid. And I'm thinking one of two things. Actually, everyone thought uh, Papa Shango was somewhere in the Thunderdome putting on a curse on Randall Keith, or he is starting to become Venom, so Randy and Eddie Brock have something in common. And technically, Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage, because Carnage is also a symbiote. And you can tell that I am absolutely pumped for the Venom sequel coming out this year with Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage. Take my money now. Just, just take it. <laughs> so Styles demands that Omos rip the plexiglass off of the back end of the pod, allowing him to run around the outside of the chamber and through the door as Orton was leaving, but not before Randall would hit Hardy and Kingston with consecutive RKOs in frustration. Styles tried to score a cheap pin, but it failed, and then almost was ejected from ringside. McIntyre took over again until Sheamus's number was called as the final entry. And Sheamus, you can just see that he was in the chamber, just seething, pumping himself up, getting ready for his moment as uh, him and McIntyre have been at odds lately. have been having a bit of a kerfuffle. Their uh, years and years of friendship seemingly being thrown out the window. These two big beef lads started exchanging blows, taking lumps out of each other, 
meat slapping meat. Kingston and Hardy tried to go on the attack, but were taken out by the big lads, who again were just going at it like a bit like a big old bar brawl. And then the five men of the chamber, followed by Sheamus hitting Kingston with a brogue kick, eliminating Kofi. Kofi Mania 2, Electric Boogaloo, is unfortunately not happening. No involvement here from Mustafa Ali, because we're seemingly getting that match pretty soon, maybe. After a twist of fate, Hardy thought about hitting a swanton bomb from the top of the pod, but instead hit Sheamus and McIntyre with a whisper in the wind before running back into the ring, hitting Styles with the swanton, and before he could capitalize, McIntyre just came in like a wrecking ball. Boom. Claymore kick. Drew McIntyre eliminates Jeff Hardy. McIntyre survived a dangerous stretch after suffering a white noise from Sheamus and a springboard senton and 450 splash from AJ Styles. Sheamus took the fight to AJ, frustrated that Styles hadn't taken out McIntyre. Sheamus hit Drew with a brogue kick, but Styles came off the top rope with a phenomenal forearm. Styles eliminates Sheamus. We're down to AJ and Drew. Styles tried to come off the top rope with another phenomenal forearm, but McIntyre countered with a sick Claymore kick in midair, mocking Styles out, retaining the title. Thank goodness. Let's roll the credits, and oh my gosh, it's not over yet. Bobby Lashley, after the match, attacks McIntyre as he was celebrating, dominating him, throwing him around ringside, locking in the hurt lock, and as he was finishing the Hurt Lock, he connected with a full Nelson Slam. A match that dragged on during the midpoint, but the action picked back up, and holy crap, here we are. And then we hear the Miz's music. The Miz ran down to the ring after Lashley's attack and decided to cash in his money in the bank contract. Oh, oh, thank God. He'll he'll just be the one that loses it, right? Right? So, right away, he cashes in his contract. He hits the uh, kick to the leg, that basement DDT for a two count. He drove McIntyre into the canvas with a skull-crushing finale. And The Miz won the WWE title. Excuse me. The Miz is the WWE Champion. Should be noted here, I did not mention this earlier in the match, that The Miz was seen talking to MVP during the show. And on Monday Night Raw, it was revealed that 
The Miz made a deal with the Hurt Business that if Lashley were to go in and rough up Drew McIntyre, that Lashley would be the first in line to get a shot from The Miz. And uh, The Miz being the chicken shit heel that he is, decided to kind of put it off or say, I still need time to prepare or think or something. And that promo was interrupted by Braun, who said that uh, he was far more clarified to face The Miz for the title because he's a former Universal Champion. Although clarified sounds like he's going for the Lando Lakes Butter Heavyweight Championship, although it doesn't look like that man has touched butter in about 13 years. So next week on Raw, we are getting Lashley versus The Miz for the title, and I pray to the wrestling gods, not JBL, that Lashley takes the title into WrestleMania. We get Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, and if it is to be believed that Mania is going to have an audience at Raymond James Stadium, that Drew's title win will have said audience. Now, it is no secret that I have an absolute disdain and hatred for The Miz. Although I respect his hustle, I respect his talent, I respect even his promos, although I think they are a little overrated. They are just a heel promo. He's got the gift of the gab, and he has improved leaps and bounds since being the uh, hype man for the Diva Search contest and the hoorah. Although, hey, if I hate him, he's doing his job. I'm usually a heel guy, but The Miz is someone I could just not get into, especially with uh, Miz and Mrs. Uh, I'm sorry, the rest of Wrestle Addict Radio... <laughs> Not my forte. <laughs> so while I uh, de-stress and uh, work this rage out of my body, I will take this quick commercial break and come back with Monday Night Raw from February 2001. Don't you dare change the channel. Don't you dare touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages. And welcome back to Fretzelmania Viper Venom. This portion of the show is brought to you by our Patreon. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio gets you exclusive shows such as The Secret Files from Mr. YLP and The 20 Bell Salute from yours truly, the 20-year monthly look back on pop culture and wrestling coming this Sunday the 28th my review of No Way Out 2001 and whatever was coming out that month. Now, a special programming note for the 20 Bell Salute. Now, the month of April 2001 has two pay-per-views, that being WrestleMania X7, the greatest WrestleMania of all time, and Backlash. No, I will not be reviewing two pay-per-views that month. WrestleMania X7 will instead come out the last Sunday in March, that would be the huh, 28th. How ironic. It's like rain on your wedding day. But the WrestleMania X7 portion of the show will be available for free 
on the Fretzelmania podcast. So you'll be getting not only my review of whatever we have that week. I think that's the week of Fastlane. Fastlane Raw, and you'll get X7. The wrestling portion of the 20 Bell Salute will be available as a special bonus to those of you on Wrestle Attic Radio. And then the full show will be available on Patreon the following day. A little bit of an incentive, a little bit of a bonus for y'all. And then in April, we'll be back to you gotta pay for the 20 Bell Salute. Because the end of April, we'll have Backlash and we'll be back to normal for that by then. So I hope that this intrigues you to join our Patreon. You also get a group chat with all of us. Myself, King Ricky Rose, Willie T, the Queen Bee themselves, VK Murphy, Mr. YLP himself, Zach, and the Delight Show, Good Brother Mance. Now on to Monday Night Raw from 2000 and Fun. It is Monday, February 26, 2001, from Phoenix, Arizona, the night after No Way Out. Recap from the show, The Rock and his TikTok promo where Karrion Cross is taking notes. The Rock finally winning back his WWE Championship from Kurt Angle at the pay-per-view in a pretty good match that had, well, if you've been watching Botchamania or OSW Review, you would know that that finish was kind of, you know, botched. Also, if you read Kurt Angle's book. Anyways, we start off here with The Rock in the ring with the WWE title and his amazing $5,000 shirt that looked like uh, a cross between a lion and a Zuba's zebra print t-shirt. It was just awesome. And The Rock was actually handing out some respect to Kurt Angle, saying that, you know, he saw two sides of Kurt Angle at No Way Out. A vicious side of Kurt Angle that kicked out of the people's elbow and the other side that was whining and crying and bitching. Like, at least I still have my three eyes and my milk and I've never had sex with a woman. Well, neither have I, Rock, and I'm not complaining about it. Uh, you want to bitch? Well, come out here and bitch to my face. Glass shatters. Just one more fight. Oh, we're on to X7. We're on the road to X7. Rock versus Austin, one more time. And Steve Austin says uh, to The Rock that, hey, I have some advice for you. Stay healthy. And basically that's it. And it's like, don't leave. And The Rock has some advice for you, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Get ready. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Backstage, William Regal is waiting for Vince McMahon in the parking lot. And Stephanie McMahon is uh, not too impressed here. Because we have a Vince and Trish versus Steph and Regal match coming out later. Father versus daughter. What's going to happen here? Yikes. Uh, we see <laughs> on the network, they, show, they still showed this. A snowboarding Chef Boyardee commercial with the Hardy Boys. And I remember them talking about this 
in their book exists to inspire, and that crap has got to be cold as heck. I mean, canned Chef Boyardee is gross enough as it is, but eating that crap cold, just ugh. We see the Radicals backstage having a bit of an argument, and uh, Perry Saturn is wearing Eddie Guerrero's Mamacita Rose t-shirt here, which I thought was kind of funny. And Eddie gets in Benoit's face. It's like, you know, you let a title come between us. The Radicals implode. Insert jazz music here. So now we have X-Factor versus Eddie and Benoit. Ho, ho, ho. Get in. Uh, <laughs> X-Factor here, still not using the Uncle Cracker theme. That would be coming in a few weeks. Instead, they'd be using uh, Just Incredible's generic-ass theme here. The return of Aldo Montoya, and if anyone remembers that name, uh, can of coke to you. Right away we have X-Pac sucks chance. Uh, X-Factor hits a, a double super kick. Benoit lands a bunch of Germans on Just Incredible. Goes for Air Canada. Nope. Eats nothing but canvas. And X-Pac comes in with the Oklahoma roll for the win. And we hear the Degeneration X theme in 2001. DX is dead. Come on, get to Uncle Cracker, please. And then there is dissension in the ranks of the Radicals as they leave frustratingly. And backstage, we see a limousine. No, not limousine, the rock band from Strongmania. Vince and Trish coming out in a limo and... Then he's like, oh, did you enjoy the ride, Trish? Uh, yes, she did, Vince. She did. Um, and then right away, Regal comes up to them. It's like, uh, we can talk about this like gentlemen. You told me you know exactly what to do. He's like, you want to try and get out of the match? No, the match is on. Uh, a frustrated, titleless Kurt Angle is walking backstage and the coach tries to get a word in with him, but Angle does not oblige, just bolts past him, nothing. Molly Holly versus Lita to determine the number one contender to the women's championship and Lita's music, WWF The Music, Volume 5, and her theme title is It Just Feels Right. And Jerry Lawler, of course makes a joke of wanting to make Leela feel right. Gross. Uh, Crash Holly and Matt are on here cheering on their respective cousin and girlfriend here, uh, not to be confused with the, putting them together. A good little match here. Molly goes to the top rope, but Lita does the uh, the same thing that everyone does to Ric Flair when he goes to the top rope, picks, picks them up, and just flails them off. And Crash helps his cousin into the ring like a nice guy, like a gentleman. But Matt Hardy gets pissed about it. What's up with that? Did you want your girlfriend to win by countout? Uh, no. So Molly launches Lita into Matt. In comes the, the masked ninja that has been assisting Raven in hardcore title matches as of late. Comes in, DDT's Molly, because that feud is still happening. Lita comes in with the moonsault for the win. Vince McMahon is holding a mop. He's gripping it like 
something. Symbolism. Kurt barges in, wants a match with The Rock. I will take it under advisement. And then you see what the mop bucket is in. And it is just a bunch of slop, a bunch of gunk. It looks like a bunch of pea soup and then a whole bunch of other chunks of stuff in it. And uh, Steph comes in. It's like, you know, what happens if you and I are in the ring together? Uh, well, who knows? And you look at the slop bucket, and I'm reminded of uh, Sonny, Tammy Sitch, was in the WWE, and she wasn't the most popular person in the locker room. Now, Sonny had been uh, trading tag teams in early 1996, starting off being the manager of the Body Donnas, and then when they lost the titles, having a short-lived relationship with the Godwins. Vinius Godwin, aka Midian, having an infatuation with Sonny because, well, I mean, she was gorgeous in 1996, the most downloaded woman in AOL. <laughs> so, when the locker room caught wind of Sonny being slopped on TV by Phineas to end their seemingly uh, relationship. They put the bucket in the locker room and said that, so yeah, Tammy's going to be slopped tonight and I'm just going to turn around and you can imagine what vile things wound up in uh, in that slop bucket. You know, much like a certain uh, traveling fecal matter <laughs> in a bag when uh, Sable left. That is just disgusting to think about how they treated people back then, but yikes. <laughs> so we see WWF New York in I'm Not Booked Tonight. The New York hitmen of the XFL are at a booth here, and Al Snow campaigning for commissioner. We, we hear head chants, and Al Snow says, if I'm commissioner, we're going to get Small people. Small people equal ratings. Uh, and I'm going to remove the British from Monday Night Raw and, you know, sit in as commissioner until Mick Foley is reinstated. Big show, goes to Vince. I deserve a shot at The Rock. And Vince McMahon instead books a triple threat match between The Rock, Kurt Angle, and Big Show for the Hardcore Championship. The Rock? In a hardcore championship match? Yeah, that happened. Next up here, the Dudley Boys versus Haku and Rikishi, Hakushi, for the tag team titles. Kane and Undertaker come out and they just watch from the ramp. Just, they have invested interest in this title match, let's say. There is, of course, a tables chant to start this match by the impatient Phoenix fans. A bunzai is missed, and then as Rikishi lands on his posterior, the Dudley boys hit the Wazup headbutt. Ouch. We see Devon get the tables, but in the midst of that, Haku gets bumped into the referee. Bunzai drop. And Taker and Kane come out here. There's a choke slam. And in amongst the chaos, the Dudley boys retain. Cole and The Rock 
backstage having an interview and The Rock is asked about being in this hardcore championship match. It says that Michael Cole dresses like a 14-year-old girl. Uh, he was wearing a turtleneck and had frosted tips. I think there was more 14-year-old dudes that were doing that, at least in my high school. Turtlenecks, frosted tips. Yeah, they were the rage. I did not partake in that. I've been buzzing my head since I was 10 years old. Anyways, says like, can you read, Michael Cole? What does my shirt say? It doesn't matter. And then we're back from the break. And Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Weeder Sports Nutrition. We're not Ico Pro. We're not even Stacker 2, we promise. Castrol GTX. It's for your car. And WWF The Music Volume 5 featuring The Rock's hit single, Pie. And uh, I've listened to Pie. And uh, it sucks. And it is borderline uh, offensive to listen to in 2021 eyes. Trish and Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon Helmsley and William Regal is up next. We see a mop bucket the bucket of slop and muck. And that again takes me back to my story about Sonny. And then uh, King's like, I've never smelled something that bad since the time you asked me to pull your finger. Okay, that's funny. Uh, Steph and Trish start off here. Steph hits a DDT. There's a bump here when they both go down. Vince McMahon is tagged in with Stephanie McMahon. And uh, Steph's going for the tag, but Regal walks out and says, saw this. I'm, I'm done. I'm not getting involved in this crap. And Vince gets the mic and says, he's going to get what he wants, what Regal wants, and this is what Trish wants. So Vince takes out Trish, just kind of forces her out of the ring, kind of beals her out. Regal cutter, slap, and they mop the ring with Trish in that slop, and she gets dumped probably literally and that just it's just like uh that bit on letter kenny there's shit on the outside of the toilet if you get that reference can of coke and it's like daddy's little girl something about stephanie being dead i'm like and uh, trish is daddy's little toy and i'm tired of playing with this toy playtime is over and then backstage still covered in muck Michael Cole, you colossal idiot, asks Trish how she feels, and she's crying. Dude, I'm oblivious, and even I would understand that. Light heavyweight championship match, Dean Malenko defending against Takamichidoku. Oh, get in. We have the current champion versus the quote-unquote first champion in the modern sense, because the WWF Light Heavyweight Championships lineage actually goes back to 1981 with Pero Aguayo being a former champion, the first champion. And this list of champions includes Gentleman Chris Adams, Gran Hamada, Viano 3, Fishman, Piero Aguayo several more times, the great Sasuke, Ultimo Dragon, Yes, Ultimo Dragon is a former WWF light heavyweight champion. I think it was one of the titles that he used to come out with on Nitro, him and his like 10 belts. 
uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Shinjiro Otani, and then Shinjiro was the last champion on, you know, the unofficial side of things before it came on to WWF television full time. Anyways, Taka coming out with his uh, ridiculous uh, dubbed over speaking. And uh, Dean Malenko had been the champion since Backlash 2000. So he's had a run with this. And in the dubs, uh, Taka says, You think you're a ladies man? Here's my girlfriend. And out comes a young, a young woman, a young Asian woman. She's beautiful. She's voluptuous. And most importantly, she's evil. Passes the mic to Funaki, who then passes it on to the girlfriend, unnamed here, who then does the, indeed. Man, that's what she said. <laughs> Literally. So we see a suplex and a float over. The Michinoku driver is blocked. And then finally, Taka connects with the driver. He takes too long to cover and does not win. A sunset flip is reversed into a Texas cloverleaf. Mwah! That transition was just perfect. And still, light heavyweight champion, Dean Malenko. Now, he would only hold on to this title for a few more weeks. I believe he would drop it on Sunday Night Heat to uh, crash Holly. And then Angle and Kevin Kelly have an interview. And Kurt's like, I love this hardcore stuff. Because sometimes I don't feel like playing by the rules. And we see a white van backstage and uh, it unloads. Oh boy, this is comfortable. <clears throat> this is the cat being kidnapped and brainwashed by the right to censor. Now cat is dressed in right to censor garb, the the long skirt, the the white shirt and the bola tie kind of like ivory. And yeah, this is Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, Raven and Chris Jericho have a match for the Intercontinental title, a rematch from, I believe, Halloween Havoc 1998, a show that uh, Nate and I reviewed in the Game Changer archives here on Russell Light Radio. Check that out. And Raven wants to expand the repertoire of my Raven effect and genuflect on my career as being the best ever hardcore champion, although I disagree and say that is Crash Holly. Raw is Jericho and... Oh, man, Chris Jericho comes out in his Eddie Van Halen-inspired tights. R.I.P. Eddie, my absolute fave. And uh, he's like, well, let's talk about some of your best moments as Hardcore Champion Junior. That time you got a swirly in a toilet filled with urine. I reviewed that. A Something to do with Lemon Lederhosen. And says that he has to shut the hell up. It's go time, Junior. Uh, face Buster, they both go with a rollover in the tights. The ninja comes out, <coughs> Tori, Molly Holly comes out, and Raven goes for the even flow DDT, but she hits Raven accidentally instead with the 2x4. Raven eats Alliance Salt and still Intercontinental Champion and going into WrestleMania X7, Chris Jericho. And Tori here kept her mask on because, well, Molly was trying to reveal. That it was Tori. It's Tori. <laughs> Not Tori Wilson, the Tori that used to be with X-Pac. 
And the King has gone backstage to prepare for his six-person tag team match coming up in a minute. And Ritz Tears comes out to ringside to come on commentary. And it looked like it was an orange Lugs t-shirt. You know, Lugs the boots. Uh, but I do believe it was just a Taz t-shirt. How far the mighty have fallen. Taz wore Rumble 2000 to ridiculous fanfare. An amazing pop in his hometown. Chokes out Kurt Angle. And now he's on commentary. I know his in-ring career was starting to dwindle anyways by the time he got to the Fed. But man, human suplex machine, absolute killer. And he's on commentary. And uh, backstage, Kat uh, is in her garb. Right to censor says that Stacy, oh, her shoot name, is in a better place. And her makeup's running. You can tell she's been bawling. She's distressed. She's a Afraid. This is. Ugh. I watch it and it sends shivers up my spine. It's just like giving her therapy or just. Man, it just really, really irked me. And Show is backstage smashing a locker with Rocky and Kurt's name on it and just putting several, <laughs> several dents in it. APA and Jerry the King Lawler versus Right to Censor. Represented by Val Venus, The Goodfather, and Bull Buchanan. Steven Richards is on commentary, you know, saying, To build them up, you must first tear them down. And throughout this here, the cat absolutely snaps on Ivory, just going to town on her. It breaks out into a schmoz. The APA land a double spine buster on Val. King comes up with a second rope. Fist drop, the classic Jerry the King Lawler finisher that's not the pile driver, and the APA and King win here. Right to Censor once again takes the cat to try to deprogram her, and you can hear some woo girl throughout this entire thing. If you don't know what a woo girl is, I suggest you watch How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Angle, show, and The Rock, the hardcore title is the main event of the show? Well, damn! All right. And there's a sign that says, I want to besmirch Trish. Um, yeah, uh, nah, man. Nah, that's, that's, that's not good. And then we hear Taz say that Snickers Cruncher presents WrestleMania X7 coming on April 5th, 1st, gosh, 2001. Snickers Cruncher, hungry? Crunch this. Oh, man, those were so friggin' good. Big Show is in chopping everybody. We have a chop-off. Bunch of ring-thine plunder, baby. A sharpshooter by The Rock. So far, we have no weapons here. We see Show going for a choke slam on Rocky, but nope. Low blow. Angle tries to suplex the Big Show. No. Uh-uh. You're not the British Bulldog. You're not Bobby Lashley. You're not gonna suplex this big lad. But Angle on the Rock, double suplex on show, yes. They land it, which was actually quite impressive. Steve Blackman comes out to the ring here, covers the big show. Nope. Bob Holly comes out to try and cover the big show for a pin as well. Nope. And then Bob, oh, Bob Holly here in the main event. Main event, Thurman, Sparky, plug, get in. Albert, bicycle kick on big show. No, doesn't get the pin. Perry Saturn tries to pin the Big Show. Big Show is eating all of these moves and spitting them back out as opponents. Just 
not having any of it. S.A. Rios, yes, still employed by the company, tries to jump off of the stage onto Big Show. Big Show catches him, just yeets him. Crash Holly tries to get in here. And all the heels in here, you know, uh, Albert and uh, and everyone else here try to jump The Rock, but The Rock is not having any of it. Billy Gunn, with a bat, chases Big Show out, and we see everyone end up backstage. And eventually, the, the match, quote-unquote, ends backstage with the Big Show pinning S.A. Rios against the wall. Like, just kind of, like, holds him up against the wall for the pin. Steve Austin comes out to save Rock from the onslaught of the heel brigade which was just albert perry saturn and i think someone someone else were all out there and the show ends with a little bit of a respect slash tension with rock and austin leading into mania next week i've i've peeked ahead march 4th 2001 is uh the first raw with a certain former owner of a certain company that had gone uh, away at this point in time. Jerry Lawler, as of the following night, actually, is no longer with the company. The cat, Stacy Carter, was released from her contract, and Jerry Lawler followed alongside her in protest. I'll give him credit for that. Although Lawler would be back in a few months. But for now, we have a seat to fill on commentary. And I wonder who it could be. Now, the game changer of the week. Well, I almost forgot about it this week. I'm just going to have to give it to someone who has brought me immense joy and laughter on WWE TV for the past several weeks, especially lately, and that is Frank Grimes, who is a stacking money to the moon. <laughs> uh, winning, luckily, some something to do with the GameStop stock and uh, dog coin, Dogecoin. <laughs> Just turning what looks like chicken shit into... Like chicken, not chicken salad, but like a rotisserie chicken dinner. Because this is just pure gold. And that rap country thing, I think that Josiah Williams did, was just mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> it was perfect. That has been it for this edition of the Frustlemania podcast. I want to remind you all that on March 19th, on IWTV, Independent Wrestling TV, Mains, Limitless Wrestling brings you Double Vision, uh, members of Wrestle Attic Radio, namely the Fretzelmania Podcast, Mr. YLP, The Young Lions Perspective, and the Kings of the Rings are sponsoring matches on the show. If you want to know the details, it's on Patreon, five bucks a month, just that tier. And you get it. This Sunday, I must remind you again, the 20 Ball Salute will be released on Patreon. I just have to sit down and record it, which I might do on Thursday. So keep 
on the lookout for that. Uh, Ant and G-Rod, former Game Changers of the Week here. Uh, this past Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, they did a charity stream for Bury the Stigma for Mental Health. And they raised $900 for a company called NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, I think that's a, an American company. Uh, they had a charity stream on Twitch where they did GOW on WW2K19. They did uh, some, not Fall Guys, what's the other one? Fortnite. They did some uh, pirate stuff on Sea of Thieves. And they teamed up to to raise over $900 for NAMI, for, for mental health, bury the stigma. And, you know, we had a good time in there. We had some real talk. And Ant and G-Rod are both just killing it on Twitch. I suggest checking them out on, on their Twitch channels because it is, it is always a joy just to sit and watch and catch up with them in the chat. I know, I know a lot of us, like, uh, I think Jer Jermaine, you tune into this. Wade, you tune into this as well. So uh, warm-hearted Wade, if you will. <laughs> uh, it, it's always a good time. So big props and big shout-out, big love. To Ant and G-Rod and, and the community there for helping raise awareness and bury the stigma for, for mental health. It's not always an easy topic to talk about, but, you know, you're not alone. My DMs are open. I have, I have some struggles of my own, so let's keep the conversation going. So thank you very much uh, for listening. Keep on the lookout for the rest of us on Russell Attic Radio, Kings of the Rings, The Young Lions Perspective, and The Delight Show. While uh, Good Brother Mance uh, isn't back quite yet, it was great to see him live tweeting along with uh, with us during during Elimination Chamber. It was uh, it was fun to to connect and just to see that he's that he's watching. And uh, Mance, good brother, I hope you're doing all right. And we'll we'll see you down the road, bud. Thank you very much again. Uh, <laughs> TTFN, ta-ta for now. Stay safe and keep wrestling real. <laughs>